So we know we just passed tax season and you may think, oh, I'm done until next year. Well, we're talking about taxes again today. We're doing our mid-year tax strategy update and we're bringing on one of our favorite guests, Stephen Jarvis, who is the owner of Retirement Tax Services. He's a fantastic CPA, very knowledgeable. And we're going to talk about a few different things that you want to be thinking about now that you're done with your filing. Let's be proactive about what you can do in the rest of the year. Yeah, we're going to cover some topics. I think we go through them in thir- thoroughly, but we go through them quickly. We talk about QCDs, qualified charitable distributions. We talk about donor advised funds. We talk about Roth conversions and we throw out some real strategy in that. So if you are on a walk, maybe you're driving in your car, you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh my goodness, this is great. I need to have this and I need to go back and get notes. Don't worry about notes. Just go to our website, pomwealth.net. Go to the blog page. We have an article written on this very topic of mid-year tax strategy. So keep that in mind. Don't worry about it. Just go to the website. Now, also, if you're listening to any of these things, you're going, oh my goodness, I want to talk about that. I need to understand how it would apply in my situation. On our website, top right-hand corner, it says schedule call. You click on that, our calendar comes up and you can schedule a call with myself and Merce and we will go, we'll answer any questions you have whatsoever. We're glad to walk you through that. So make sure you take care of uh, or take advantage of that. It's extremely, extremely useful. Also, before we uh, move into the show, uh, if you're listening on our website in particular or on anything you're listening on, please take time just to subscribe. If you're on the website, you'll see a big red button says subscribe or follow us. You listen on iTunes, you listen in on uh, uh, Spotify, Amazon, any of those places subscribe, follow us, please. And then write us a review. It certainly does help us. We read every single one of them. We appreciate them so much. So thank you so much for being a listener. We hope that what we're providing is beneficial. But before we get into this show, we need to do a quick disclosure. That's right. The information contained in this podcast is intended to provide general information only and not to be considered individualized advice. Different types of investments carry different levels of risk. As always, please contact your financial professional for advice appropriate to your situation. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stancil and Merce Tariq. Welcome everyone to our Secure Your Retirement podcast. Merce and I are super happy to be able to have you with us today. And we are also extremely excited to have our guest. Uh, We have with us Stephen Jarvis. You might remember him. He was with us on episode 133, where we talked about tax planning. You know what? It's kind of an oxymoron to say excited to see a CPA, but we are because we love him. So thank you very much, Stephen, for coming on and talking with us today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. And I, I get that all the time when I'm telling people how excited I am to talk about taxes. And they say, oh, that's you're just you're just putting on a face. You're not really excited. But I, I am because this is a topic where we can help people we can help people save money. We, it's, it's a really emotional topic for people. So I can see the impact it has. So I do get excited. Yeah. 
Well, I tell you this, uh, we, we work with you, Stephen, and our clients work with you. And uh, we've had such good feedback this year from that from that. And I, I think I would say that our clients are excited uh, whenever they, they think about the fact that because I mean, to me, when I think about taxes, almost always I become stressed, you know, because it's like, okay, well, and, and I think the stress is, is but it, two things. One is you didn't do the right planning. And then the other one is it's unknown. Sometimes you think you walk into this scenario thinking, oh, I thought I owed this. And now you're telling me I owe this. And it's stressful when that occurs. Whereas if I know the plan and I know and understand it, it's not that bad. It's, it's not good, but it's not that bad. Yeah, you know, as, as consumers, as taxpayers, we kind of get trained into this idea that uh, tax time is March and April, and that's the only time of the year we should think about taxes. And that, that's where that stress comes from, of waiting until that time of year. It comes as a bit of a surprise, usually an uncomfortable surprise. And so being able to change that conversation, talk about tax planning, talk about looking through the windshield instead of the rearview mirror, and having... Uh, a mid-year check-in, having a, ch a time of year where we're proactively thinking about taxes and not letting it just surprise us on the back back end. Yeah, so we were we were having a little pre-talk before we started recording today, and uh, and Raiden asked Stephen, he was like, "Hey, Stephen, so we're past tax time. Are you relaxing now?" And the I want I want everyone listening to appreciate. Stephen basically said, "Well, I'm a little bit different than most CPAs. It's not just getting through tax season because as soon as my team is done with tax season." Well, then it's all about tax planning for the rest of the year. And that's kind of what we want to approach today is, hey, we're through tax season. Now, what are the things we should be thinking about as we go from the middle of the year to the end of the year? What are so, at least op opportunities that we may have that we don't want to miss? And then all these things we can be thinking about. So, um, Stephen, I'll let you open up. And I'm sure you've got a couple of things as you close out your tax season for individual filers, a um, couple of things that have come up in conversations that uh, you may want to say, hey, why don't we think about this? Yeah, definitely. And we can start on the simple end of things. Of When I'm working with clients, one of the first things I'm going to do, as even as we're wrapping up the tax filing, but then as kind of an action item for after the deadline, is how, how did you feel about the refund you got, the payment you had to make? What was that tax filing experience for you? Because... Uh, Taxpayers commonly will kind of embrace this myth that there's nothing you can do about your taxes, right? And while we all need to pay the amount we owe, uh, I'm, I'm not really interested in leaving the IRS a tip. And so there's, if we're proactive, if we're intentional, there's things that we can do. If every year we get to April and we have to write a big check to the IRS, great, let's with, adjust our withholdings. Let's work with a trusted advisor to, to change this situation. We don't have to keep having the same pain every year. Uh, on the flip side, if we get huge refunds every year and we sit there wondering why we gave the IRS an interest-free loan, great, let's let's dial that in. And, and now in the middle of the year is when we want to be looking at this. We want to be looking at what, what has our income been so far this year and, and can we make those adjustments for the rest of the year? And that might seem like a simple thing, but it's going to change your experience at tax time. Yeah, good. So here's a couple of things that we'd like to get your perspective on. Uh, and I mean, you've got your own things too, but Merce and I, these are things that we commonly run into. And I think sometimes people don't maybe get the impact of them yeah, and maybe don't understand exactly what, how big a deal it is. But one of those is uh, QCDs, Qualified Charitable Distributions. Um, when we look at those as a, as a, 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 a the way they work, um, 
Could you kind of help under help us understand the power of a QCD when a person's doing a standard deduction and they wouldn't be able to get the benefit of that anyway and how that would work? Because if they take the money out of their IRA and they just take it as a, a, as a required minimum distribution, for example, or they take it out and they're 70 and a half and older and they just take it and then they, then, then they contribute to their charity, what that looks like compared to that and, and, and help us to appreciate the power of that. Yeah, so uh, a qualified charitable distribution, a QCD, this is when we're taking money directly from an IRA and gifting it to a charitable organization. And it, there are some important nuances in here to your point, it needs to go directly to the charity. We can't take the money, cash it and put it in our bank account and then, then contribute it. Typically we're looking at this uh, as we kind of in connection with talking about how we're gonna handle our required minimum distributions. But there's a, a lot of power here. One of the things that I'm, I'm still constantly reminding people is that the the age for our qualified charitable distributions is 70 and a half, uh, which is an important distinction because we can start making those those uh, charitable distributions before we hit our RMD age at 72. But it goes beyond just having a, a way to satisfy our RMD by supporting a great organization. When we look at our tax return, a lot of us get really focused in on, did we get a refund or did we have to make a payment? But really, we want to kind of start going back a couple of lines and understanding what's going on. One of the lines that I always try to help people focus in on is how much of your tax, how much of your hard-earned money did the IRS actually keep? What was your total tax? Uh, and that's, that's really driven by taxable income. And to, to your point of, of where the power is in these QCDs, if we just gift to charity out of our bank account, it's going to lower our taxable income if only if we are able to itemize. And 90% of taxpayers are not itemizing. So 90% of the country is getting zero benefit from their charitable contributions. So one advantage of a QCD is that we can gift to charity, get a tax benefit from it, even if we're taking the standard deduction. But it goes beyond that because Again, if we if we gift directly to charity from our bank account, it's going to lower our taxable income. But there are some other line items on our tax return that are really important. One of them is adjusted gross income. And I'm sure your listeners have, have heard this term before, but just indulge me for a second, especially as we're talking about our clients in uh, in retirement or taxpayers in retirement. The re one of the reasons that number can be really impactful is because it has an impact on how much we pay in Medicare premiums. And so another advantage of QCDs, as opposed to just writing a check out of your bank account, is that a QCD will lower our adjusted gross income, not just our taxable income. So in addition to lowering the amount of our income that the IRS is gonna tax, doing a QCD can actually help you pay lower premiums for Medicare. Uh, and so there, there are multiple ways that we are getting a huge benefit from doing those QCDs. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. 
Yeah, I just got an email, um, I mean, maybe an hour ago. So walking into the studio basically to record this and got an email from a client who's only been with us for maybe about a year, a year and a half. And one of the things that we talked to her at the beginning was these these QCDs. Um, she told us that she was doing giving giving charitably, which is the, the scenario of taking her RMD, paying the taxes, putting in her bank, and then writing the checks to the bank. And then we talked to her a little about QC, QCDs last year. This year, just now, an hour ago, I got an email from her. Basically, it says, hey, I, am, I know all about QCDs now because of you guys. Here's a list of the charities that I want to have my QCDs go to. And effectively, what she's doing now, she's, got, she's well-educated. She's given us all the information. And now it's just a matter of doing the signature. And now she's going to, her total RMD is going to be essentially tax-free and go to go to wherever she wants it to go to. Um, so I think it's a it's a powerful thing as long as you know about it. We've been making a point to talk to all of our clients who are in that category and and younger clients to be thinking about these things. That now this kind of segues us into okay. So what if you are under the age of seventy and a half and not eligible for a qualified charitable distribution? Um, and, and you, you did make the one mention of being able to itemize and, and being able to itemize makes it possible for you to get some benefits from your charitable donations. Well, a lot of us cannot itemize ever since they raised the standard deduction a few years ago. So one of the things that we know is a strategy and we talk to clients about that. And again, we're going along the lines of charitable giving is this idea of a donor advised account or a donor advised fund where basically you take money, put it into this specific donor type of fund. That means once this money's in this fund, it is earmarked for it to be given out to charities. And that money is going to go to charities tax-free. But how does that work from the tax perspective of the taxpayer? What are the benefits there and things that someone may be wanting to think about? Yeah, that's a great question, Merce. Um, I lo love the success story about working with a client in the QCDs. That that that's that's why I love doing the tax planning is being able to uh, being able to experience those stories with clients. But as we talk about donor advised funds, and, and just real quick, as we talk about charitable giving in general, I think you were alluding to this. But one of the things I like to remind clients is that. We want to give to charity because we care about the, chari the, the charitable organization. We care about the cause. We're, we're giving because that's part of our mission, part of our goals. Uh, we, we want to do it tax efficiently while we can, but you're never going to come out ahead from a cash flow standpoint by, by giving to charity and thinking that there's some huge tax credit that goes along with it. I like to clear that up right out of the gate. But for our taxpayers, for our clients that are charitably inclined, there are definitely tools available to us to make sure it is tax efficient which in my mind, that just gives the client even more ability to support the causes they care about. So we're talking about donor advised fund. Um, like I said before, 90% of taxpayers are taking the standard deduction. And when you take the standard deduction, that literally means you're getting zero tax benefit from your charitable giving, which honestly, it, it's, it's great news that you get the standard deduction because then you get to deduct even more than you had actually paid out. But if we plan ahead, if we're intentional, th these are these these areas where we can not tip the IRS, where we can uh, intentionally reduce the amount that, that we're, we're paying in. Uh, so specific to a donor advised fund, the way this works is it allows us to lump multiple years of contributions into a single year. That's the way I look at it. So if we're working with a client and they're typically giving $10,000 a year uh, and that $10,000 is not getting them over the standard deduction. 
um, then we would we would look and say, okay, if, if this is your intention to continue to give like this, do, do we have the means available to go ahead and make three or five years of contributions all at once? Uh, and just like you described, what would happen is that those funds would go into this donor advice fund, it'd go into a specific account that the taxpayer still controls. We're, we're not making a commitment. So if we take five years at $10,000, it's not that we're putting $50,000 into this account and it has to go to a single organization that we decide on right then and there. We're just saying we are going to use this eventually for charitable causes. But then we get to put that $50,000 into that donor advice fund all at once which means we get to deduct it on our tax return all at once. And now we're well above the standard deduction and we're actually getting a tax benefit from our charitable giving. And then those next four years where we're not making those big contributions into the donor advice fund, great news, we still get the standard deduction. So we're not any worse off in those years. And we have, we have that one year every three or five years, however often we contribute, that we're getting that added benefit. So it can be a great tool when we're, we're consistently giving to charity, but not consistently getting a tax benefit. Fantastic. Well, I mean, we, we, we've knocked out two big strategies already with QCDs, donor advised funds, and those right there could be a lot, but we're going to hit a third one that we have, and then we'll we'll wrap up with whatever it is that you might have that you want to share and close us out with. But the third one is something that I think that people hear about. It gets a little confusing, although it's talked about all the time. There's probably tons of articles about it, but is this idea of a Roth conversion. Now, here we sit mid-year. We're talking and we're trying to plan. We're trying to think forward. So this idea of a Roth conversion, getting money from a traditional IRA over to a Roth, uh, sometimes I think with us, we find clients kind of scrambling right at the last of the year, or they're asking at the beginning of the year, hey, should I do this or should I not? But then we're like, hey, well, hold on a second. We got a lot of things we need to think through here. We need to understand a lot of things. So I guess I'm going to ask you as from a CPA if I'm thinking, I read this article, I saw it on TV, I did whatever, and it, should I do a Roth conversion? Could you walk us through what a person needs to think about, like kind of step, stair-step us, like what do I need to think about to determine whether or not I should do it? I, this, is what, before I, this is what I tell everybody. Everyone should consider a Roth. It does not mean everyone should do one. So what should we think about to consider it? Oh, and before before you do that, let me just I don't I, I don't know if I heard you explain a Roth conversion rating, but for anyone listening that ha doesn't know what a Roth conversion is, basically, it is the act of taking your pre-tax assets, your IRAs, your 401k type assets that you have not paid taxes on yet and getting it into a tax-free zone, a tax-free bucket. The only way to do that is to pay taxes on that money. And But the advantage that everyone reads about is that if you do these Roth conversions, now you're in a tax-free zone and that tax that money is going to grow tax-free uh, for, for, for a, a very significant period of time that could be tremendous and very powerful with tax-free growth. But the caveat is, is you got to pay the taxes. So Stephen, now I'll let you take over. What do we need to think about when we're doing these Roth conversions? Well, and on behalf of tax preparers everywhere, I really appreciate the reminder there for everyone that you will pay more taxes this year, because that is a constant frustration for tax preparers when advisors will 
recommend a client do this and don't make it clear, or there's just a big time gap, right? That you're doing the Roth conversion in, in May or June, and then you've forgotten by April that you intentionally paid more taxes. Uh, so love the proactive, uh, proactive way you're approaching this. As far as who should consider a Roth conversion, Raiden, I'm right there with you that everyone who has IRA dollars should consider it. Not going to be the right fit for everyone, but absolutely, this is something we should be thinking about to say, is this something we should go ahead and consider doing this year? And in, in a year like we're having right now, I know there's probably not a lot of silver linings for people as they watch their account balances go down with the market. But if we're talking in terms of Roth conversions, well, now great. Now we get a, we have the opportunity to convert IRA balances at a discount, essentially, because what what we're doing here is we're we're looking we're looking ahead. We're looking into the future and saying, okay, at some point in the future, do I think my tax rate will be higher? Whether that's because I have more income or because the current tax laws are going to expire in 2026 and we know rates are going up, or if you have concern that Congress might change the rules on us at some point and increase tax rates, whatever the source of those increased tax rates in the future, if you have any concern the tax rates might go up, getting dollars into a tax-free bucket is going to set you up for success because we're essentially taking away the IRS's ability to change the game on us later. And so we wanna look at what tax bracket we're in now uh, versus what we might expect to be in the future. And so th this is where we get into the analysis or the doing the assessment is great. It might not always be the right fit. If you're in your peak earning years and between the time that you retire and social security and RMDs kick in, you know you're gonna be at a lower tax rate maybe right now isn't the best time to do those Roth conversions because you're in your peak earning years. But what surprises a lot of people is that they actually end up in a higher tax bracket in retirement than they might have anticipated because of social security, because of RMDs. And so that's where the advantage of working with a professional in this area really comes in to have somebody help you and say, okay, great. Right now you're in the 22% bracket and you might be thinking, hey, my income's going to go way down in retirement but let's make sure we really understand whether that's the case. Because uh, to your point, Merce, doing the Roth conversion means we're gonna, we're gonna pay the taxes now. So I always like to look at, okay, what's the risk this goes wrong? What's the risk that I end up worse off? And in doing a Roth conversion, really the only way I end up worse off is if tax rates go down, right? Tax rates can go up, they can stay the same or they can go down. If they go up or stay the same, great. Uh, even if they stay the same, I've created more flexibility for myself. I personally still think I'm better off for having it in Roth. And then I just have to step back and say, okay, am I really concerned that tax rates are going to go down in the future? And I have a hard time coming up with a scenario where I, I honestly believe in my heart of hearts, the tax rates are going down. Uh, my crystal ball doesn't work any better than anyone else's, but just from where I'm sitting, I think it's more likely that uh, tax rates are going up in the future. Uh, and so, so those are some of the, the, the kind of the starting place of, of should we look at pursuing uh, a Roth conversion? So a, a quick note that I'd like to make on any of these as you're listening on the QCD, um, the, uh, the QCD, the Qualified Charitable Distribution, the Roth conversion, definitely you need to have that decision made and completed and the actual action taken by 1231. So all the more reason that we're coming to you here in June and uh, mid-year, you know, saying, putting the idea in your brain about, hey, do you want to be thinking about this? Do you need to get with your professional and talk about this? Because there is a timeline on when you can take advantage of this, which is 1231. And um, so definitely be thinking about that. 
And I just, I only have one correction for one of the things you said, uh, Stephen, in your um, scenario, because you talked about people going down with the market and that you see your, when, when it comes to us, Merce and I, we don't have clients that go down with the market. We protect them against those major <laughs> or significant losses. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> All the better. <laughs> All right. So uh, you've given us already some things here that we've, uh, you know, laid out for you. Just let me throw it your way. And is there, are, are there any kind of things that you like to remind your clients about when it comes to this mid-year tax season you know, uh, instead of just waiting to the end of the year. Yeah, I, I'd say more than anything, just, just so we don't just keep going with a laundry list of potential tax planning strategies, because there certainly are others. The biggest thing I try to reinforce is that for me, it's non-negotiable that we are going to have some kind of tax planning conversation outside of that filing season. The only way we get ahead with the IRS, the only way we get ahead on tax planning is if we have an intentional approach, is if we have a proactive approach. The only time we're thinking about taxes is in March and April. Uh, we're, we, we lose that game every single year. So whether it's Roth conversions that make the most sense this year or QCDs or getting withholdings adjusted, whether it's tax loss harvesting, whatever the topic is, we've got to make sure that, it, that we're completely committed to having some kind of tax planning conversation outside of what historically has been that, that, that tax time of year for most people. Great. So, well, I just want to say that, uh, Stephen, we appreciate again you coming on and chatting with us for a little bit. We appreciate our partnership that we have with you in retirement tax services. It's it's great to be able to have, you know, the, we, I always tell people like I, you know, people come to us to help them with their financial planning, their retirement planning. I say, look, I don't do my own taxes. I get somebody else. I get a professional, uh, you know, and so to have somebody who comes in and does it every day, uh, we get to talk about some things that we may think sounds somewhat simple, but for a lot of people, these things are super complicated. I just uh, appreciate very much you coming on and chatting with us. And I do want to say this, by the way, for all of our listeners, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh my goodness, we covered all these different topics. Don't forget that you can go to our website and you go to pomwealth.net, go to the blog page. We have an article that is written on this very topic. So it takes us all through those numbers. It takes us through all this information. So you don't have to think about remembering it and all that kind of stuff. But before we sign off here, uh, thank you so much, Stephen. We appreciate you so much coming on and chatting with us. Yeah, I'd love being here. Appreciate the invite. I'll look forward to the next time. All right. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. That wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.